Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Welcome, welcome. Today is Tuesday, June the 6th, 2023, and um, hope you had a great beginning of the week. Um, we are, uh, man, it's off and running in the summer here. Today, we're going to be looking at Acts 23, Acts chapter 23, as we continue our journey through the New Testament and our daily readings together. Um, yeah, yesterday, sat, um, t- uh, wow, Monday, um, I was not on, as you well are, are well aware. Um, yeah, we were camping. My wife and I went camping this weekend after, um, you know, all the graduation festivities. We had a, got the travel trailer, went down not too far away, just down to Madeira Beach and, uh, spent uh, a long weekend there and just basically, uh, sitting by the pool going, on the e-bikes, um, actually went boating, uh, one day. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just a great day of rest and relaxation, but we're back. We missed, we did miss, or I did miss the first day of kids camp yesterday at Bayside. Uh, so eager to get there today and see what's going on and how that's going. I heard great things uh, about the first day. So, Hey, if you're in the, uh, in the area, uh, it goes through Friday. Um, for kids sixth grade and under nine to, uh, a noon on, uh, Monday through Friday in the morning. Yeah. So, um, a couple of, uh, over a hundred kids yesterday, uh, there. So, uh, yeah, check it out. All right. Well, let's dive into Acts 23. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So, um, let's do it. So glad you guys are on. Appreciate you guys uh, taking time to spend some time in the Word of God this morning as we uh, round out the uh, last few chapters of the book of Acts. So let's do it. Acts 23. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, Sanhedrin, the, the ruling council of the Jewish community, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. Hmm. That's a, that's a pretty bold, uh, um, statement to be able to say, right. That, and you know, that we would all be able to say that I fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. Hmm. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him in the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by command, by commanding that I be struck. Hmm. Because he's a Roman citizen, uh, and he should have a due trial. And so... uh, the fact that the Sanhedrin are, uh, 
overruling and just kind of going straight to a, a punishment like that is uh, not not in their place. Those who were standing near Paul said, how dare you insult God's high priest? <laughs> Paul replied, brothers, I did, not, I did not realize that he was the high priest, for it is written, do not speak about the ruler of your people. Oh, so Paul, okay. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, my brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand in trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, he knew what he was going to do. He's talking about resurrection because he knew that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's their point of disagreement. <laughs> and so when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. Paul knew what he was doing. Strategically uh, brought up a point of uh, contention between Pharisees and Sadducees. And so Paul says, look, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. I believe I'm here because of the resurrection. Now, he was uh, subtly referring to the resurrection of Jesus, but he knew that the, the whole topic of resurrection was an offense to the Sadducees, who did not believe in the resurrection, didn't believe in angels uh, and uh, miracles in general. They were basically the... Uh, uh, the mainline <laughs> Jewish people. Um, and that's, uh, which is interesting. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times people, um, a lot of stuff that goes on in church is, goes a lot deeper than what is on the surface. Like, uh, you know, sometimes there's these, people make a big deal about um, inclusion and uh, and and it makes it sound like it's sort of that's their only thing or that's their big thing, just inclusion, uh, or just um, equal rights or whatever. But when you dig deeper, it actually is a much deeper theological divide. Um, so obviously, there's no there's no uh, there's no 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 secret that there's you know division on. I mean, this is this is Pride Month, right? And so, among um, a lot of Christians, just can't get on board with that because they believe in the biblical, uh, with the the biblical stance of marriage between a man and a woman. It doesn't mean you shouldn't you shouldn't love and respect and give people the freedom to do what they want to do, but that's different. It's quite a different thing than being expected someone to celebrate it. Um, and so many Christians are on the in the on, on in the camp that you know yeah everyone is free to free to live their own lives and yeah love who you want to love within it as long as it's within the law but i can't get on board with celebrating that <laughs> i'm i'm not a i'm not for um you know uh being prejudiced or mean or cruel to anyone um based on it but many christians are like you know but i can't but i can't be forced to celebrate it no um but a lot of folks who are in the camp of like inclusion and affirming uh, these lifestyles, that's really only the tip of the iceberg, guys. I've been around this a long time, and I can tell you this. Those churches that affirm um, homosexuality as a legitimate lifestyle 
like in legitimate terms, like legitimately consistent with biblical values, that's only the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Not only have they uh, worked really hard to make the Bible say something that they want it to say, which it does clearly does not. But it's usually also uh, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they really believe about the Bible and about Christian faith. I, I've been, Like I said, I've been around this a long time. I've had these conversations with a lot of people, and I can tell you that usually it gets down to, it, it's not just about affirming a certain lifestyle, but the theological differences are wide. Because the more you talk to them, they actually don't really believe the Bible as an inspired, inspired word of God. Most, uh, most will say, uh, yes, there are plenty. It's the the Bible is fallible. Um, many of them will also say, uh, the resurrection of the dead. Well, it was kind of metaphorical. Um, I don't know that Jesus actually rose from the dead. It's kind of metaphorical. Um, it'll go on. It'll go on to. Uh, is Jesus the only way? Oh, well, not real. I mean, Jesus was a very good teacher, and we honor him. But uh, we we believe that there are probably other good teachers as well, and and uh, and uh, enlightened educators to guide us to spiritual truth. So a lot of this stuff that is hot topics in the media and really gets a lot of uh, igniting of emotions, um, and uh, among uh, the culture. It's it's the tip of the iceberg. It's not, the, you know, it's not just about um, you know sexual identity or sexual orientation. That's just the tip of the iceberg. The divisions and the disagreements and the convert the uh, the divergence of ideas and beliefs goes much deeper than that. Much deeper than that. Um. I'm just going to throw this out there. So have you have you ever seen a affirming church or an, an affirming denomination that actually evolved into a holiness and a righteous group? Me either. <laughs> so again, this isn't about uh, love and respect and man, God loves everybody. At 100%. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. God loves everyone, and we should too. And we all have our junk. Not No one sin is worse than the other, but we don't, we don't erase the other sins either. <laughs> I mean, we have to acknowledge it. So, and um, the issue of homosexuality and, and gender identity, those things, there's a lot, that's a much larger discussion. That's a very big discussion. Some people want your immediate response to those things when it really requires a much longer conversation. Um, in, including conversations of uh, childhood trauma, including uh, issues of brokenness and sinfulness and a whole theology of sin at, uh, and sexual sin in general. Um, you can't just you can't just have that conversation biblically in isolation. Um, it's just a much bigger issue. Um, so, but we don't, our job isn't to judge our judges, a uh, job isn't to condemn, but it is to hold strong to the convictions of what the word of God says and, um, and realize and be wise enough to know that a lot of these 
conversations are really just the tip of the iceberg of something, a, a bigger difference, a bigger, um, a bigger divide than we really want to admit. It's not just, hey, just get on board with this. No, it's, it's actually bigger than that. It's actually much, much bigger than that. Uh, it gets down to the very inspiration of Scripture. It gets down to the very uniqueness of the divinity of Jesus. Um, it gets down to um, uh, the doctrine of creation. I mean, it's so much bigger than just, hey, just get on board with this and, 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 and be quiet. No, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, all right. Well, so Paul knew that there was a great divide between uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And uh, so he thought, talked about resurrection. <laughs> when, he, when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and assembly was divided. The Sadducees, Sadducees say there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits. But the Pharisees believe all these things. There was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? This dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the, following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify about me in Rome. Paul said, the Lord's like, that, Paul's like, that was so much fun the first time. I can't wait to see what Rome looks like. <laughs> uh, the Lord was like, hey, you, you were good. You're faithful. I'm going to continue to use you. Spread my name. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. Like they're, they're determined, right? They're determined to kill him. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and to the elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin petitioned the commander to bring him before you to the, to the pretext of... Wait, this doesn't make sense. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petitioned the commander to bring him before you on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about this case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. Okay, so they're going to say, we need, we need more information. We're going to try to call you in. That's going to be their, that's going to be their story. Uh, and then as they're bringing him in, he's got, they're going to murder him. But when, the son of, but when the son of Paul's sister, so his nephew, heard of the plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. Then the centurion said, Paul the prisoner sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside and said, what is it you want to tell me? He said, some Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow to present uh, to, on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them because more than 40 of them are waiting to ambush him. They have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they've killed him. They are ready now, waiting for your command, uh, for your consent to their request. The commander dismissed the young man with this warning. Don't tell anyone that you have reported this to me. Just reminds me of, uh, you know, how God takes care of things, right? Um, God, God works in these, uh, 
in these ways to and he's so God God is so integrated into our lives, guys. You know, sometimes we don't always see the hand of God, but as we look back, we realize that God is the presence of God is grafted into every aspect of our lives. And here, um, God uses Paul's nephew to get wind of a plot against his life and uses him to protect Paul's life. You never know how God is, is protecting us and guiding us and providing for us. It's all over the place. And um, I hope you know that today. You, like, you, you may not even be aware of the presence of God. Many times we aren't. We aren't aware of the providential hand of God. But God is moving in your life. He's moving around you and through you and all around you. He's orchestrating events and encounters and uh, occasions to work for your good. And praise God. Then he called two of his centurions and and ordered them, get ready a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide horses for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. So he's going to get some protection as he goes. There's plenty of armed personnel going to escort Paul to Governor Felix. Verse 25, he wrote a letter as follows. Claudius Lislas, to his excellence, Governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him, but I came with my troops and rescued him for I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of the plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against him. So the soldiers carrying out their orders took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipatris. The next day they let the cavalry go on with him while they returned to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he reported to he reported that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's place. Hmm. So Paul is in prison, and uh, I assume that that's when Paul did a lot of his writing. <laughs> when Paul was in prison, he started writing. He started writing the Bible. <laughs> so, so when he's moving around, he's preaching the gospel. When he's locked up, he's writing the Bible. So uh, you know, he he really can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, just a just a reminder of God's uh, being interwoven in our lives, and uh, what a what a powerful commitment of Paul to continue to uh, reminder to us also to be bold and courageous and to stand uh, no matter what to share the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, uh, to carry out God's calling on our lives. So thank God for His Word. Uh, man, we would be, we would, how, how confused we would be without the Word of God to guide our thinking, to renew our thinking, uh, to renew our thoughts, and to teach us um, the way of truth. Uh, because as uh, 
as we learn from the Scripture itself, God's Word is truth. Well, thanks so much for being on today. I hope you have a fantastic day. We're going to wrap this up with prayer, guys. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends um, and the calling that you have on their life um, and the way that you work intricately in each of our lives, guiding and um, maneuvering for our good. We are eternally grateful that you're... uh, that your hand is with us and upon us. God, help us to be aware of your presence. Help us to be aware of the nudging of your spirit. Help us to be a blessing to others. Help us to walk not in judgment or condemnation, but help us to walk in peace and grace, but firmly rooted in your word. God, I pray for my friends today. May you bless and encourage each one of them. May they have a day filled with in fellowship with your Holy Spirit. I ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for taking time to spend some time in the Word of God today. I hope you have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Acts chapter 24. Be encouraged today. You are loved. You are appreciated. Go and have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.